You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit Partnernomics.com. Welcome back to another episode of Partnernomics Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Brigman. And on today's show, we have Miss Melissa. Melissa Chambers is uh, joining us from Guideline. Super cool company that we'll have a, an opportunity to learn about. Just absolutely growing like a weed, doing some awesome stuff in the partnering space. But uh, Melissa, how are you doing? Good to, good to be chatting with you. I'm so good. Thank you for having me on, Mark. Really excited to be here. So Melissa, um, whenever I talk to folks that have a law degree, I say they get to cheat whenever it comes to this whole partnering thing, man, because one one big part of what we do as partnering professionals, digging through and writing agreements, uh, you're a pro at that. But uh, it's always fun to, to talk to people and understand what their background is and uh, how they've navigated into this uh, world of partnerships. But Melissa is a senior director of strategic partnerships for Guideline. And uh, like I said, doing some great work there that we'll have a chance to learn about. But uh, Melissa, I'd love to just start uh, paint us a picture. Melissa, how did you uh, how did you jump into the the corporate world, and then how did you navigate into partnerships? Yeah, well, took a little bit of a windy road, but it was my road. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, I've always been really attracted to to value driven work. Been a big people person, a, a cheerleader, connector. Um, and just kind of after UT, where I went for undergrad, I wanted something really different and ended up on a sustainable farm in Costa Rica for months. Loved it. In fact, only came home because I ran out of money. And, you know, I was there. I'm like, OK, I'm going to be an environmental lawyer. I'm going to save the planet. Right. Um, but through happenstance, and this is a theme you'll see in my life. Um, I was chatting or talking up um, a dean. I was uh, out and about on a road trip in Southern California with some friends. Law school looked cool, popped in, ended up talking my way into a free ride. So I went there. Um, and then sounds like again, some great negotiating skills. I, I, I could use some help. <laughs> like, it all goes back to just being yourself. Just be a people person. Just be who you are and let that shine through. And you never know where it's going to take you. Right. So um, I was actually on a flight from law school back home, um, my first year winter break, end up sitting next to this, this woman, uh, Southwest. So I hear her on the phone talking about a tort case and I, you know, just, Hey, you a lawyer. Yeah. It's like, cool. Can I sit next to you? Yeah. Next thing you know, she's offered me a job and now I'm at this like really prestigious firm. Um, I ended up not doing environmental law, but suing big pharmaceutical companies. So super cool from a values perspective, but as you can imagine, suing Johnson and Johnson is, is not an easy task, takes a long time. Um, so I was getting bored and, you know, at about the seven year mark, had that seven year itch was living in the Bay area and thought, you know, what, what else might I do? And, uh, at that time I, I started dating someone, um, now my husband who, um, was an entrepreneur and I was really fascinated by watching him build stuff. Actually, funny story. He was literally homeless when we started dating. So, so ladies, don't be afraid to take a chance on that diamond in a rough. Um, but uh, I, I really liked watching him do his thing. And through a social network, I, I knew a gentleman, a guy named Bakari Brock, who has become one of the, the seminal mentors in my life. And uh, I caught a bit of who luck. Um, Jim Collins, uh, who wrote Good to Great, talks about who luck, which is really you know, your, your people luck. And, and Bakari was part of my people luck. Um, cause there I was at 30, uh, had really honestly never 
interviewed. I mean, I just kind of talked my way into different jobs. So this is my first time trying on something new and properly interviewing. And I bungled that so bad, but thank God he, you know, he gave me a chance. And actually a friend of mine had put us in touch and he was in finance, traditional finance and transitioned out. I was doing biz dev under Bakari at Lyft. Um, and I thought, all right, this sounds really cool. And so Bakari found a, a position for me running strategy for several different lines of, of public and private partnership. And that was really my um, first formal exposure into partnering. And I really loved it. And I think one of the things that made me the, the partnering professional I am today, it's very, very data-driven in, in the way I approach things, is we actually married the analytics team right under the strategy team. And so we were able to take a lot of that great data um, and take those insights and really set a, a powerful, um, very successful strategy. So I really loved that. Um, but Bakari had been at Lyft uh, for several years. By the time I joined him, we worked together for two years, became very bespoke to one another. And, you know, six years at a tech company is like, like a dog years, right? He was like a hundred in tech years and ready for something new. So um, when he came to Guideline, um, he brought me with him as one of the, the founding two members of the strategic partnerships teams. Before he and I arrived uh, in January of 2020, that there, there was no partnering team, right? It was really just typical startup life, folks wearing many hats, so partnerships by committee. So as we got haloed in, you know, we were really lucky. There was a, a really strong technology partnership strategy that was humming along. Obviously needed some love to, to make it better, but um, you know, you, you get in and you're no process, no documentation. So you're trying to build and manage and grow and analyze all at the same time. And um, also being able to, I think, from, from a legal perspective, pull back and see the big picture and how everything fits together. Um, plus the speed at which, you know, I'm compelled to, to run at this gig, uh, making magic happen is so fun. And, and a, what I love about partnerships and what I love about guideline and um, yeah, it was kind of a windy road to get here, but it's, you know, been, been a, a ton of fun and continues to be and marrying a lot of um, different life experiences here. So, yeah. Melissa, I love something that, that you hit on. I commonly say this, that is we create our own luck. You know, we kind of, we put ourselves into different uh, positions that hopefully bring opportunities. And, and actually, uh, you and I kind of got to know each other through Bakari, right? Yeah. So I had a chance to go down, had the opportunity to go down to Andreessen Horowitz. I did um, a workshop. I helped put on a workshop about strategic partnering and all the success principles of that. And Bakari, who was at Lyft um, at the time with you, uh, was in attendance. And so I had a chance to, you know, for him to kind of see what we do uh, at Partnernomics. And lo and behold, years later, <laughs> connected the dots and I uh, was able to, to meet you and, and uh, work with you as well. Yeah. See, it's that who luck, right? It's just, it's people being people connecting and figuring out how can we, how can we share what we know and do more fun stuff together? So really grateful for, for Bakari for that and for the opportunity for today. Yeah, absolutely. So Melissa, talk to us about Guideline. What is, what is the company all about? How long has it been in existence? What's kind of the mission and charter? Man, I absolutely love what you guys are doing. Yeah, me too. And uh, it really gets me out of bed in the morning, I gotta say. So, so Guideline was founded in 2016 and it was founded by um, uh, 
Kevin Busk and several of his co-founders who had actually been at TaskRabbit before, they were growing that organization and starting to look for benefits for their people. As they're out there, they were realizing, you know, retirement is convoluted, pricing is expensive, there's fees, they're hidden. It's like there, there is no simple solution. Um, so those gentlemen being a little bit of builders decided we can do this and built it themselves. Um, so what guideline is, is really a very easy, affordable retirement platform, uh, primarily focused on those small businesses. So the vision is to really just flip the script and change the retirement industry from the inside out. Um, the mission is to help, you know, folks primarily at those SMBs have a safe, secure retirement savings, whether they're business owner, the employee, or even self-employed. So um, the way in which we've been so effective is, is really thinking about how to do well by doing good, right? So if you're thinking about a legacy provider, the Vanguards, the Fidelities, the, uh, the Hancocks, they make their money on assets under management. So they take a little bit of that cream off the top, right? And because of that, they're compelled to work with folks who already have money in their piggy bank, right? Otherwise, how do you take anything off the top? So with us, we moved to a SaaS model. So it's a monthly, um, a monthly fee. And then the employers pay, <clears throat> excuse me, a per seat license for any of their employees that use the benefit. Really pleased to say that we have an 85% participation rate, 70% the industry standard. So clearly there is need for what we're doing here. Um, and then as we think about fees, we only have a very small um, mutual fund expense ratio of seven basis points, so 0.07%. Um, so the savers get to keep all the savings in their you know, piggy bank. We, we partner with Vanguard to do that. Um, we also have just a very small eight basis points account fee. Um, we, we moved from transaction fees last year when the pandemic hit. Uh, we saw that you know, when people are really hurting, heaven forbid you're taking a loan against your retirement savings or winding down your business. If you have a fee that pops up in those difficult times, even though it might be disclosed in the plan documents, it just feels awful. Um, so we moved away from that uh, to have a, a eight basis points account fee. So all in, you're looking at you know 0.15%. The industry average is 1.68%. So we're 10x less. And you know, God, I wish I had known more about compounding interest as a young woman and started saving much, much earlier. Um, because when you think about that compounding interest over time, you know, that's, that's potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in savings difference. And so um, I really love what we're doing. It really matters. And um, from a, you know, kind of macro perspective, we're in this very critical time where uh, there's a retirement crisis, on, honestly, on the horizon. Uh, there's about 6 million businesses out there in the country that have less than 100 employees, and 90% of them don't offer a 401k. Um, at those 6 million businesses, there's 42 million people, 42 million humans, and 75% of them have no access to a retirement plan whatsoever, right? So when we think about you know, there's all these you know, conversations about social security and is it going to last, you know, people really need to be thinking about how to set themselves up for a, a long, lovely life. And we're able to, to help small businesses do that. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, there's quite a bit of traction we're gaining, uh, number four record keeper in the country right now and one of the fastest growing. So, um, 
we are moving at light speed, but I think the thing that I keep coming back to is all the good that we're doing and goes back to that mission, vision, values. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love the fact that your your guys' company is, is vision led, and I think that's so important. You know, I mean, making money and profitability is is a byproduct of doing good. I think, and oh, yeah. it's uh, companies that that really grow and and I think have great cultures that uh, that that achieve that great go- growth is through being driven by a, a vision and a mission to do good. Yeah. But especially like what you had said, I mean, so many small companies just don't have access, don't have the means to great retirement uh, programs. And whenever we think about, you know, nice 401k programs, we think of the Fortune 500, the Fortune 1000 or or so, but uh, just because it hasn't been accessible. But man, fortunately, there's so much great things that are happening now in fintech your company just being one of those awesome tools that are now available for the for the SMBs for the small uh, medium sized businesses. Melissa, I'd love for you to chat for a couple minutes about you know what are some of the different opportunities that uh, you see that's facing your company that you guys have an opportunity to um, to to help accelerate your growth even more. Ugh. Where to start? Um, I think it's that's just a good my, problem to have. Yes, it's <laughs> an incredible amount of greenfield, right? Um, well, I think for us, we're there's always that you know kind of inherent tension in the startup. Are you product led or are you partner led or business led? Um, for me, I'm I'm really lucky that you know our founders are product guys, engineers. They built a really incredible product. In fact, I think partially the way that we are able to to have a business model that allows us to do well by doing good is, you know, we, we built the record keeping service in house, um, spent, you know, well over a year just building the product before we brought our, our first partner onto the platform. Um, and so we've also been able to, to innovate and, and work with some really incredible product partners uh, in the payroll space primarily. Um, and so the opportunity for me is Greenfield and that I've got really strong executive and, and partner mandates and um, a, a lot of support in my, for my executive team. So there's really a lot of opportunity to just go out there and find more, more, more innovators. So uh, we've been able to garner the attention of, of some sumos. Uh, I'm really proud to state that, you know, a primary mandate when I joined Guideline last year was to hook a big fish with QuickBooks Online. And, um, you know, I think I share this story because if, you know, a partnerships leader or business owner is listening and thinks that you can just go land the big fish without a clear vision on what you're going to deliver or without dedicated people like partner managers to bring that vision to life and that you just, you're talking crazy. Uh, you absolutely have to uh, invest in, in that dedicated team um, to be your visionary emissary and go out there and, you know, internally, externally cat herd, be that note of communication. It's just so critical. Uh, we The company had been in talks for like 18 months and we were able to come in and, and get the deal done in, in about eight, which was amazing because um, we were coming from a measured, focused, and meaningful way. So I think now having the opportunity of figuring out, okay, how to really work with a, a larger institutional organization, I think I have a lot more personal and professional confidence. So like, we got this, we can go out there and find more innovators, more creative technology partnerships, more ways to, to make it easier for the SMBs. Because man, as much fun as benefits is like payroll back in the day was, you know, just as bad. And there's so many people out there doing really cool stuff to, to build access and tools 
that allow a small business owner to get back to doing what they want to do, which is run their business, which is why they started it, you know? Um, and so I think, you know, that's, that's pretty incredible. I think from also from another opportunity perspective, um, helping the customers we serve in the wild west of, of business and hiring times, right? We're in the great resignation. Um, it's so hard to attract talent right now, right? Um, I think we've all heard the studies. People are, you know, 40% of folks are thinking about quitting their job. And um, I heard another study the other day on recruiters and there's like 300,000 job recs open for recruiters right now. And if you're thinking a business is, you know, not opening new headcount without thinking through ROI, I, th I think the math was something like that. Each recruiter had to go out and get seven heads in order to pay for themselves, if you will. That's like two million jobs about to come on the market as well, right? So, um, how can we help our, our our small businesses distinguish themselves? Show them you you care about your people. Invest in their benefits. Like, be that, you know, of the ninety percent of small businesses that don't offer compelling benefits packages like a retirement, do it. We got, we got your back. We got the way. So I think there's opportunity for us to kind of uh, start to go beyond payroll, if you will, have our own beyond payroll partnership strategy and really think about how do we go find partnerships uh, to help serve the businesses in a, in a new and different way. So I'm thinking through, you know, more alliance or, or referral partnerships going through, you know, small business associations, like how do we get the word out there that it's not this big, hefty, terrible administrative burden that's expensive. Like we solve for that. And there's legislation out there that actually makes uh, opening a net new 401k have very compelling tax credits, which can make, you know, your 401k, um, I don't want to say free because I know my legal team will be listening to this and there would have to be 17 asterisks after that word, but there are tax credits that can help. So, um, yeah, I think there's just a ton of opportunity that, that we're able to explore on the technology side, on the, you know, Alliance partnership side and 2022 is going to be a really fun year for me and my team. That's awesome. I love the use of technology to drive cost and drive inefficiencies out of different systems because that's what brings in the affordability. And I think this is exactly what we're seeing. You've mentioned regulations, uh, shifting in regulations, and also just this continued proliferation of new technologies coming into the fintech space as well as other areas. But we're working with massive banks, even internationally, to, uh, as you and I chatted about, you know, just putting more tools in the toolbox, but yep. there's opportunities to provide these services at a significantly lower cost than what was available, say, 10, 15, 20 years ago, as we think more the traditional uh, route to these different services. So, yeah, it's, I think not only 22 is going to be exciting, but for the next decade and beyond, because we're just going oh, to yeah. continue to see more technology come in. Um, more ways for technology uh, to interconnect and we can just build and just continue to build on these different uh, solutions. But Musa, I'd like to have you uh, chat a little bit about what are the different types? You kind of alluded to this a little bit, but what are the different types of partnerships that your team executes? You know, we talked a lot about technology, but then also just, you know, co-marketing, getting the word out, educating people, you know, also maybe even on the sales side. What are the different types of partnerships that your team is executing and managing? Yeah. Uh, what, 
when I came in, there was already a very strong kind of integrated channel, co-marketing arm, really machine in motion. So it's um, the way that we work with primarily our, our payroll partners integrated through APIs, uh, which again, it's two-way makes that communication between the backends, you know, almost seamless. Uh, so it's very easy for the plan sponsor or company owner to manage. Um, that's the technology side, but we do a lot in the co-marketing space, right? I think we're able to, to leverage the brand equity, the comfort, the trust that those SMBs have already built through their payroll provider. Um, for them to be the one to say, hey, we've got, we've got these other ways to make your life easier and, and here might be guideline. Um, so a lot of co-marketing that we'll do with them, um, paid spend, uh, webinars, even, even our, our sales team will get together and sometimes do co-selling motions, right? Because it's a really big deal sometimes for these SMBs to think about replacing all of their systems. So we do a wide range of, of partner, partnering motions with them. I think for me in, in 2022, uh, from one thing that's very exciting is to, to try and learn new things, right? Always learn, grow. I'm a huge builder at heart. I had no idea that I love building so much, but I really do. It's taking the new and putting order to the chaos so um, actually working through your course uh, have gotten a lot of great frameworks to help put down on paper a little more science to the art that is partnering so that as I expand my team and we start to create, all right, what does our alliance partnerships look like? How do we go out and start to create more third-party relationships and actually build a partnership ecosystem um, that will be self-reinforcing? So I think the vision I'm setting with my executive team is how do we go from, you know, guideline, you navigate to it and you read about our integration partnerships to how do we have a whole ecosystem available on our website where these are the wide range of types of partners we work with. It's fully discoverable so that the SMBs who've come to love and trust us have a way to go out and find other partners that, that we feel, you know, really live out our mission, vision, values, and can be additive uh, to the customers we serve. So that's where I'm really trying to take us uh, in the, the longer term. Um, but yeah, I think the primary partnering strategy we have now is a mix of a lot of, you know, different types of partnerships, which makes it a bit of a challenge, but also super fun in that I get to be the cheerleader, the connective tissue, the ringleader to so many different stakeholder groups, marketing, sales, product, uh, and that's why I think this line of work is so engaging is, you know, you, you get to work with so many fun people. I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it was my closest opportunity to be a CEO yeah. in a company, you know, because like you said, you, you work cross-functionally across basically everything, everywhere, whether it's product, it's billing, it's pricing, it's on the engineering side, obviously the legal side, putting agreements together, fulfillment, it's, you can get your hands into pretty much everything that the business does. And I, I think it, people either love it or they hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, yeah. you know, we are uh, from the cut of cloth where, where we love it. And love uh, that's it. so good to see that. Melissa, I'd love to, so we've had, you know, a lot of different folks uh, on the podcast that have been from the sumo side. 
and they have given different recommendations of what it's like to be the sumo and to work with uh, you know smaller, more nimble, more agile, more innovative companies. Love to have you kind of flip the script and talk about what is it like. And you had mentioned QuickBooks earlier. Um, what is it like to be the the smaller company that's going after and, and trying to land that big fish and having those conversations? What what does it take in order to do that? I think the thing that really will set you apart and make you effective is it all boils down to communication, number one, right? Really clear communication. Um, making sure you have that that meeting of the minds. You'll know where you're going. Everybody is on the same page as to what this objective really is and how you're going to build that. So I think being as, as communicative as you can. Um, and then I think the second thing is it has to go back to people-led visions. Um, so really setting the vision for, hey, you might be a big fish, and it, you know, but here's what I can bring to you, right? Goes back to how can I generate a win-win? And people are having those conversations. So people want to work with people they like. So how do you get in there and just be a good human first and foremost, right? How do you get in there and just understand what's important to them and how what you're doing can really serve their end needs and goals and enlarge the pie? I think if you can go into any company, big, small, fast, slow, whatever, and say, this is what we can deliver and be confident in that and be clear in how you're going to do that. You know, right there, you're 90, 90% of the way to success. Yeah, um, I think that's great. As, you, as you've shared, and, and I, I firmly believe getting to yes and getting to the deal is like step zero of a million, right? So it's really thinking through how do you build a nice cadence for cool, we, we put pen to paper. Now, how do we put it into action? And so throughout all of those conversations, really starting to build that muscle of how you work together, how you set goals together, what is the next thing you're going to be focused on and keep that really great momentum and, and mojo moving throughout the relationship. Yeah, great advice. Great advice. Um, last question we got uh, for you, Melissa, and that is, uh, I know you're well read and you're a real student to, to business and to partnering in these pieces, but you I'd love to- nerd. It's fine. I don't oh, mind. Hey, I'm a nerd too. <laughs> uh, I was in college for 15 years and it's definitely not because I'm smart, it's because uh, I'm a slow learner. But uh, I just love, love it. I'd go <laughs> back. If someone else, anyone else out there would like to give me a free education, I will go get another degree. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> Love it. What's uh, what's some different resources, books, those sorts of things that uh, you've ran across that have uh, been a great resource for you that you'd like to recommend others? Yeah, um, obviously, John Doerr's Measure What Matters, right? I think the power of goal setting is is crazy important. I think also being able to clearly and succinctly share data-backed recommendations uh, is really going to set you apart as well. So storytelling with data is a book. I actually have all of my new hires read. One of the things I see as a culmination of, of strategic partnerships is the delivery of a really strong, uh, we call them QBRs quarterly business review, but at, at some cadence, you need to go in and, and share with your partner, like, what is the state of the state? How are we doing together? And what are the opportunities we need to go after? Um, if you're doing it right, you know, you're a master storyteller 
that's creating a compelling, compelling narrative, right? People just don't want to see a bunch of numbers on a screen. So you need to tell a great story, but you need to have the data in there, right? Um, resources are constrained at sumos, at startups, it doesn't matter. So it is your job to really thread the needle for them and, and build the business case and deliver it in a way that, that inspires and delights. There's a lot of things you can do to make those slides look clear and be effective in their communication. So I have all my folks read that as, as a baseline of my expectations on, on best practices for how to really bring data to our partners. Uh, and also internally, you know, almost 99% of the people I work with on a daily basis and are critical to my success don't report to me, right? So you need to be building compelling cases for why they should be so excited and how they're part of something bigger um, and what we can achieve uh, together. And the numbers, you know, numbers don't lie. So how do you share with them the, the opportunity size in a way that's compelling and gets everybody going? Uh, so I really like that one as well. Um, I think lastly was another one I read very recently called Primal Leadership. Um, it actually caused a lot more self-reflection than I expected going into, <laughs> into that book. Um, but so much of, of partnerships is about leading. Uh, again, I think that's, that's why I like this role primarily here at Guideline, get access to a lot of different teams, a lot of different um, junior staff as well. So you get to have this vision and, and kind of whip the support and the resources and inspire and also, you know, mentor, you know, and learn what, you know, I, I'm learning so much about best practices and other lines of businesses. So really having a, a keen sense of who you are as a leader and, and who you want to be as a leader, right? Because I'm a nerd. We're always learning. We're always growing. I, I think that's one thing that has inspired me to, to keep progressing in, in my, my professional career. Yeah, it's awesome. But I remember, um, reading primal leadership as a part of one of my college programs and that was really my takeaway was my first kind of run in it what emotional intelligence is i didn't yeah. really understand what that meant i mean i by by those words and uh you know whenever i think about what partnering what the partnering profession is it, it's really a profession of influence like you've said whether it's inside of your own company, your own team, and then definitely influencing, uh, trying to really motivate and get others, partners, potential partners to see this vision that we have to work together. And that, that takes a ton of skills. And so I really like that you've highlighted the importance of communications and just, it's about people, right? It's uh, success in anything is about people. And that's how we multiply ourselves and especially as partnering professionals. But uh, Melissa, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sharing your insights and your story with us. So it's going to be awesome to watch you continue to grow in your career and the great work that you guys are doing at Guideline. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Mark. Appreciate it. And uh, everybody out there partnering, keep it up. Have all the fun. Appreciate you. Partnernomics Podcast is brought to you by Partnernomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partnernomics Podcast, visit partnernomics.com.